0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with another interesting episode with Rich Klein. We're gonna talk about the allure of discount boxes. People ask Rich, people ask me, what's the deal with that? Why is that uh, fun or profitable or both? So thanks sponsors, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Without cards, we wouldn't (laughs) be doing it. Uh, Heritage Auctions, Hugs & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I have a great time going through these discount boxes. Rich, I know you do too. What's it for you? We're on the same page here. For me, it's a way to restock or
1: find stuff at a reasonable price point. <laughs> Interesting you mentioned Burbank, the one of your sponsors, because the one time Burbank did the National, Rob and Ryan basically got all these boxes of stuff from the front of their store. They put like a half million cards together and they were all the same price at their tables. They did a pretty good business just doing that. The, the, the National so oversold, they said, we're fine just walking around buying. Anytime you have the same price, whether it's a dime, a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar, $5, $10, even more, when you know your price point going in, it makes it a lot easier too. And that's one of the allures is that you don't have to worry about every card having a different price. Every card has the same price.
0: Yes and no. Every card in that box has the same price. But I try to negotiate with the person in advance after I've given a quick perusal of the box of if I buy one card, well, I'm not going to expect a discount for one card. I know it shouldn't be more than a dollar. <laughs> they better not say hey, this is two dollars. Uh, if every card in the box is supposed to be a dollar, then. Uh, but if I pick out five cards, ten cards, fifty cards, hundred cards, so I just politely ask. They don't have to offer a discount. I'm not going to be offended if they don't, but usually they do. If, they'll say, how many are you going to take? And I'll say, I don't know. It depends on what the price is. If if you if it's half off, if it's 50 cents, if you buy 500, then I'll try to get 500. But if it's 90 cents, if you buy 100, I'm going to think I'm basically getting them for a dollar. Do you ever do that? Or do you have a sense when you look at the box that I'm going to be able to find a lot of stuff here? I know basically locally, there's a couple people at Kyle's
1: show I buy from, and you buy from some of the same people too. And so I know who I'm buying from and I have local relation with them too. So it's a little bit different, but like at the National, there are some people who will say, hey, Rich, I'll cut you something. Don't worry about it. And there's others that, but I, anytime I pull something from a dollar box, even if they tell me they're going to take care of me, I want it to make, be something I would pay a dollar for.
0: Okay, so when they say they're going to take care of you,
1: what is your assumption? They're going to knock off half, a third, a quarter. It depends on how many I take or whatever.
0: If I take ten, I might get. If I take eleven, I might get eleven for ten dollars. So are you do golden rule. You're yeah. saying this is the way I would treat somebody if there it's a dollar box and somebody buys eleven, that ten. If it's twelve, that's maybe it's still, still 10. ten. Yes. Okay.
1: You know, and I try to do things like that. You're right. I try to do it that way. But there's also something about finding the hidden secrets. You now, granted, the, the story we've told a couple
0: times about the sixty-eight white letter McCormick. Yeah, I know. And the dollar. That's a bit extreme. Okay real situation, Uh, not saying the name, but on Sunday, I'm at the show. A guy has a dollar box and he says, 13 for 10. Okay. I pick out 16 cards. This is Sunday on a show. And I say, okay, I got 16. How about 10 bucks? What do you think he said? 13.
1: He said, how about 12? <laughs> okay. That's better than I thought he would have. Knowing who, I
0: have so a pretty, you may know who it was. Okay, I have a rate. pretty good idea. Okay, who at any rate. It is. So I, I pulled that because I agree with your philosophy. I was preparing to pay. I thought these are legitimately dollar box cards, which means, which actually doesn't mean that they're all worth more than a dollar. There can be some that are worth less, but I'm going to pick out the ones that I think are worth more than a dollar and I'm prepared to pay a dollar. So. And sometimes,
1: even though I don't really collect the way I used to when I was young, I still will sometimes put away cards of people who went to my high school or my yeah. college or share my birthday. And if it's a tough card to one of those people, I'll pay the dollar, even if it's not for resale. So there actually are things
0: I don't buy to resell. But well, I- me too. Okay. One of the things that's implicit in this, and the reason we don't have that much competition for looking at these things is because you have to be able to recognize that it's a good deal pretty quickly. You can't really look it up. You've got to say, hey, I think this is a good card. I'm going to put it in my pile. Again, you're just venturing a dollar or perhaps less, but- If you take time to look it up, you'd still be working on the first row of the first monster box or first shoe box. So I just think the almanac knowledge is pretty crucial. And you have that, I have that, but not a long list of people have that kind of expansive knowledge. Somebody
1: told me at Kyle's last show, our friend Dave Slipka, and we were having lunch the other day, and he mentioned somebody went to one of the tables he was looking at for soccer cards, and the guy just pulled out all the messies and said, how much? But he was like, uh, maybe not a discount box, but it was out of a box. Oh. And, and he just said, how much for all of them? Basically, he's telling the dealer, I want to know what you want for everything. And that's a different way of doing a discount box. But yeah. And granted, Messi is a hot soccer player, right. and very popular. But that's another way of saying it. There are two people from my high school that have played Major League Baseball, Pedro Alvarez and Harrison Bader, neither of which are going to be very heavily collected. And if somebody has a Pedro Alvarez section in a box, I might pull them out and say, how much
0: for the whole lot just to get it done? <laughs> okay. So you and I have this special experience of having done yes. price guides for a long time and really seeing the long tail, what things at least the price guide value. And then when you see it, uh, you would know that, gee, I haven't seen this card very often or I haven't seen it at all. The problem is people other than you and me and a few other people, if they see something they haven't seen before, they might think de facto that is rare or valuable. That's not always the case. But would you say it'd be true for you and me if we haven't seen it and it's in a discount box, we probably ought to pull it because it's probably unusual. Correct. It's worth the chance, especially at the lower price point, to take a chance.
1: You're not out that much money. And yet through one of the discount boxes I went through two or three shows ago, I found a box of 67 Topps Red Sox stickers, five yeah, or six yeah. of them. I didn't realize how- A high, dollar box? In a dollar. I don't know dollar box, but in a discount box. Okay. It was one of my friends, and I didn't know how much they were. I paid whatever he wanted. I knew that they were okay. Then I looked up and said, oh, they're better than they're okay. better than okay, yeah. And, and at the last show, I sold every one I had, except one apparently had the sticker pulled off on the back. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'll, if I ever find that one, I'll lower that price. But that was like, I didn't know how good. I just knew is, they were
0: good. I didn't know how good it was. Do you pull cards for other people when you're in these discount boxes? Sometimes. sometimes. It, it, it's, I, I do, too. I'll see something that hey, somebody collects that card. and it's... Sometimes. it's a, it,
1: Actually, from one of the other people. And this is pre-COVID. I knew there was some guy who wants to get all the football hall of famers. And when Donnie Shell was put in, he comes to me later that day and said, do you have any Donnie Schell cards? And I said, yeah, I just bought some. Here, I paid a dime. Give me a quarter, something okay. like that. Okay. okay. But yes, but I have them for you just in case. So I've done things like that, knowing that he would have bought them anyway. Would you say that most of these discount boxes are organized by sport? Yes. Yeah, so a good one is organized. Mine are not good. Mine are just there. Okay. Because I just, as I get them, I put stuff into the boxes. Right. I... For the synagogue show and a couple other times, I have,
0: we'll call it quarter boxes. Okay, but I thought you told me you don't do same price discount boxes. You just have discount boxes.
1: No, actually on those I have, those are actually priced. Everything in the box is a quarter. Well, it's a sliding scale. Well, that's
0: what I mean. I'm talking about fixed price, single price. Fixed price, single price. price. Everything's a dollar. Right. You don't, because you're more particular, I guess. So you.
1: Well, on that I don't worry about it. It's basically, let's say you take a hundred, they're a dime each. Okay, okay. In other okay. words, but it's a printed sliding scale okay, okay. as to how, in other words, everybody gets treated the same.
0: Okay, so if they have five boxes, and one is baseball, one is basketball, one is football, one is hockey, and one is other stuff, NASCAR, golf, whatever. What box do you go first? What box do you go last? Baseball. Or not at all? I would do baseball first. I would probably do the other stuff second just because
1: it's fun to see weird things. Hmm. Then I'd probably do football because I know more about older football, basketball, and then hockey. And the reason I would do hockey last is nothing personal about hockey. There's
0: just less interest for hockey down here where, where I do shows. I, I would do hockey a little higher up because I, I know about hockey and it's not many people looking at it here. The other sports, yes. Baseball and basketball, I don't do as much as you would think because basketball is one of the first things people go for. Because it's so hot right now and not a lot of vintage stuff in there. So I mainly start with football, then maybe go to baseball. I have more knowledge of baseball. So I uh, go there uh, first. Yes, that's reasonable. Okay, so once this stuff is obtained and you buy it, how tough is it for you to break it down? Do you know where each thing's going? Do you have piles that this pile goes into my collection, this goes into my stock, this is going to go to C, this is going to go to eBay? What what piles do you have? I have, my piles are a little, little
1: easier for sale pile. We'll call it the quarter box pile. We have the Com C pile, then we have the back stock pile. I just have four piles. Okay. Actually, I have a fifth pile. Okay. If In case I make a mistake, it goes into
0: the donation pile. I have that too. Okay, so what in the Com C pile, is that based on your intimate knowledge of Com C, working there, of knowing that this card will probably sell for this price there? No, or is it I, just a feel?
1: I just have lanes. I use certain lanes. Let's okay. say numbered cards of people that wouldn't end up in a box. Okay. In other words, we'll call him Sean Doolittle. If I get a okay. tops Black Sean Doolittle or a tops Gold Sean
0: Doolittle, it'll end up in the comp seat pile. Okay. Yeah, another thing is there's a, a small fraternity, I think, of people that like to shop in the discount boxes. And you do, I do. Rob Veris does too, although he's more of a buy-the-whole-thing guy. So he'll sample it and buy the whole thing. Now, I have a theory why I will refer things to Rob, I'll refer things to you. You'll refer tables to me or to Rob that there's not this competitive spirit that if Rich gets there or if Rob gets there, I'm doomed or vice versa. There's enough coins for everybody. I think that's <laughs> true. But also, I think what you're looking for is a little different than what I'm looking for. Yes, very And much even so. though Rob Veris would say he's looking for it all, my distinction is you and I are, I wouldn't say we're quirkier than Rob, but he's more in it for business. And so the demand side is more important to him. Whereas I'm very patient. I think you're pretty patient. So if we get something that's a good deal, like I said, I'm low supply, low demand. I think Rob would like low supply, high demand. Something that's not going to sit on his ample shelves that are already uh, stacked to the ceiling. So I like that, that there's a camaraderie there, that if I go to a show and if I get there after you or you get there after me, there's still plenty. It seems like in a monster box, you pull out a hundred cards and you show me and then I pull out a hundred cards after you or before you. And it's, it seems well, it was a time
1: at the National and I had pretty much burnt out from looking and I say, Jim, you need to look at this table. It's not right for me. Six hours later, you're still at the table. He never left that table for the rest of Saturday. He had lowered his price. Well, he chopped his price in half. He chopped his price in half and I go, this is for you. Yeah. And you had a good time. And one of my favorite lines from that is, like, I would introduce some people to you while you yeah. were sitting there. <laughs> and so I asked you once what the guy next to you ever said when he, when people kept getting introduced to you. And you said, the conversation was, are you
0: done with this box yet? <laughs> Can you switch boxes? Can you switch me? boxes with me? <laughs> because the chair is the important thing. So, so yeah. moving the boxes around. Uh, <laughs> what's the motivation for dealers on this to, to do it? Because it seems like it's table real estate <laughs> at a low price point compared to a bunch of slabbed uh, brand new stuff. Table you and I shop a lot at. It pays for his tables and then everything else is gravy, so to speak. The other thing is it's an attention grabber. Not that they're noticing you or me, but they're just saying, hey, that table has uh, somebody's camped out there and looking at stuff. must be reasonable. Plus, the prices
1: are known. How many times Uh, do you go to a table and you don't see prices and you walk on? At least when you see a dollar box, the cards in that box are a dollar. You can ask for it to be lowered if you buy a quantity. You know what the ceiling
0: is. What the ceiling is. is. What about eyesight? Do you think eyesight is required? Good eyes are required to to be able to look at cards for hours and I wear reading glasses.
1: I wear my sunglasses because of my arthritis. I just think that's why I prefer the older stuff, at least with the older stuff I have. And I, I don't really need to look as much. At the fine print. At the fine print or mm-hmm. anything. If I see a 57 in a dollar box and I know it's a the tough series card, I don't necessarily even worry about, is it a short print or not? I just say, okay, that's a dollar. It's a 57 fourth middle series card. Let me just buy it. Which okay. does happen every once in a while. Not as much as I'd like, obviously, but it happens.
0: Okay. Would you say you have a longer attention span compared to most people or a shorter?
1: Shorter, except when it comes to looking at cards. Okay. I've, I've always had a long attention span. It's let me focus and it's to stay focused. It's yeah. like Zen in the art of baseball, of the dime box or the quarter box or the yeah. dollar box, because you get into it and you say, oh, this is cool. And sometimes, especially if you're looking at the vintage stuff, it draws you back to your youth and then you really enjoy it. If I'm looking at a box of nothing but my trout cards, Okay, he's a great player, but I don't yeah. have the same emotional attachment I do if it's a box of 68 Mets or 69 Mets or 70 Yankees or whatever.
0: Yeah, it just seems if you can't sit for a while and go through the box, if, if you get bored after an hour, it's not that you wasted your time. It's just that it takes a little bit longer for some of these. You know what else it is? It's
1: a way to get away from the problems of the world. When you're looking at those cards in the dollar box, you're not thinking about anything more than, hey, this is fun, or I can make money with this, or I'm seeing these cool cards I've never seen before, I rarely see. So there's many reasons why you can look, and sometimes you get drifted into a different world that's really fun to be in.
0: If you're reading a book, how long could you read a book without stopping? not talking about going to the bathroom or anything, but just, here's a great book, how long would you read? One to two hours. One to two hours. But how long can you look at discount boxes?
1: I would obviously need to take a little break and draw my breath, but probably four to
0: five hours. Okay. Rich and I will come back to this because there's more to the story, but uh, we both enjoy this aspect of the hobby. I believe it actually is a very sustainable approach to the hobby. And so we don't want everybody to do it, but we want people to know why we do it. So thanks, Rich. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another different episode, but Rich and I will revisit this at a later date. Thanks. The man in the house who